Hello and welcome, promoters, fellow dice rollers. Uh, how is everyone? I hope you're all doing great. Uh, we are here with a brand new episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, and I'm joined by Todd and Mike. Mike, how you doing? Fantastic as always, Sam. Great to be with you. Excellent. Todd, how about yourself? Mike is always first. Why is Mike always first? I mean, I mean he, he saves the best favor- for last, favoritism there. I don't know what's going on. Last. Come on. You know that. I'm not used to him being here. I'm afraid if I don't put him first, I'll forget no, about him. So. I guess that's fair. That's no, he's been pretty. He's been pretty good. I, 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 yes. But I'm doing. I'm doing great. So uh, see, Todd, you, know, you don't. You, you don't want anyone to know that you're going to do something great. So you, you know, Todd, he's just so afraid that I, I'll maybe not show up. That that's what he does it. You know, it's just one of those set low that's expectations, fair. and you can't help but exceed. This is fair. That's this is true. true. <laughs> Uh, it has been a couple of weeks. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think for all of us, um, I just got through with a show and, you know, it, I was busy for, for about two weeks straight there and didn't have any time over the past two weeks to, to record at all. Um, there was like a window of opportunity last Monday, but that didn't work for everybody else. So, uh, apologies for uh, a little bit of a delay here and getting a new episode out to you, but we are excited because not only, uh, do we have tonight scheduled, but we've already got next week's episode scheduled, uh, which we'll talk a little bit, uh, more about later on in the show. Um, we got some news and notes to catch up on and, uh, feds to catch up on a few other things that we want to touch upon. Um, before we get to all of that, we were just talking before we hit record about uh, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door, which aired last night from Toronto, Canada. Um, and uh, Todd, did you see the show? I did not see the show, but I did kind of follow along for the, like the first half online, and I did kind of catch a lot of clips and stuff today. And Mike, what about you? I did not watch it. I did follow you know, here uh, today. What you know about what happened, but I did not see it live. Fantastic. So uh, I did not see it live either, but I did end up watching it. The reason why I asked this, I knew all the answer to that question, but I just wanted everybody else to have the same context, the uh, listeners at home uh, or on the go, depending on what you're up to. Uh, and- so I, I did watch the show. I kind of caught up on it today. Uh, I did not watch it live. I knew. Most of what had happened going into to watching it, I was really more just watching to, uh, especially for the Osprey and Omega match and the Okada Danielson match, um, which were both phenomenal matches. Um, but just wanted to kind of get a taste of it for myself and, and, and see what it was like. Cause I thought it'd be an opportunity to talk a little bit about some real wrestling, um, on the show tonight. Um, the, the thing that I had been talking about right before we started recording was, of course, the match between MJF and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, and I thought that it was just such an interesting choice that you put both of the champions of the respective promotions in what turned out to be kind of nothing matches. And that's not necessarily entirely fair to, you know, to Tanahashi, obviously, or Jungle Boy, because I think it's interesting from a perspective of with MJF and Tanahashi, you have the AEW champion, you know, squaring off against one of the most legendary performers in New Japan Pro Wrestling history, arguably one of the greatest professional wrestlers to ever lace up a pair of boots. Um, and two things came through. Uh, one, I still don't care enough about MJF. <laughs> and two, um, man, Tanahashi, you know, he, he really has finally hit that wall and it's been, it's been a long time coming. I mean, how he has been able to navigate the past like five years, um, much less, you know, last night is, is a mystery and a miracle because, um, I, I think 
all the super glue and, and tape that was holding him together has finally given way. And, uh, he just, he just didn't look great. He's still very charismatic. He can still tell the story. You know, he, he's one of those wrestlers and it's very similar to like what Muda did in his, you know, last couple of years is that he could just stand in the ring and let somebody do moves to him. And it's still going to be enough to at least like grab my interest to at least make me appreciate what's happening. But overall, it's just, you, you just couldn't help but walk away feeling like, man, yeah, Tanahashi's he's, he's looking broken down. Um, but yeah, the match just kind of felt plenty of MJF cheap heat spots. And you know, he wins it by clocking him with the, with the ring. Uh, exactly what, most of us expected to happen. So. Yeah, but it was so hard to care about. Like, it was just like, I don't care. I just don't care. Mm. You know? Um, so, anyway, uh, uh, I'm not going to necessarily go in order here, obviously, but uh, just to, to, to give, like, kind of a quick uh, rundown, the... Um, CM Punk Kojima match. Uh, I really enjoyed actually. I, you know, Punk is definitely still finding his way back into, I, I think, uh, getting his wind back in particular. Um, you know, there was no doubt about him kind of, I think, needing a little bit more time to catch his breath, uh, if you will. Uh, but they had a great match. You know, they really did. They told a great story. I mean, Kojima is, is, is again, another legend of New Japan Pro Wrestling and another one of the all-time greats. Um, only man to ever hold IWGP heavyweight and Triple Crown Championship at the same time. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's just a stone cold all-timer for, for Japanese wrestling. Um, if not just wrestling period. And, and, and he and Punk, I thought had a, a really fun match, told a nice story. Um, you know, Punk is playing the role. I, there was never any doubt. In my my mind that when it came to the psychology punk was going to nail it and and he's nailed the ability to piss off the people that are already pissed off at him even more mm-hmm. and also get the people that love him to love him even more and it's like it's it, it it's very similar obviously you know everybody's going to compare it to to the Bret Hart thing where it's like oh you know he's popular in Canada and 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 not anywhere else the fascinating thing about punk is it's like the audience really is just split right down the middle for him. And it's not even a case of like Cena walking into an arena where it's like, you've got, you know, very vocal section of the crowd booing the hell out of him. And then a very vocal young section of the crowd cheering the hell out of him. And, and Cena rarely ever actually acknowledging, you know, the boos with anything other than like sort of grace and just still playing the hero. Whereas punk has somehow found this way already, already in three matches to play to the people that love him and then get the people to, that, that are booing him to boo him even more. It's kind of this fascinating thing where it's like he's not really doing anything different necessarily, but it's just, he's not a heel, but he's not a baby face, but it's, but he's not really a tweener. It's, it's, it's actually really That's interesting. And I thought that it, where, it, it where, where do you think it's going to land when he goes outside of like Chicago? Who obviously loves them and Toronto, which is always bizarre land. Like when they go outside of Canada and outside of Chicago, where do you think it's, where do you think the, the, the audience is going to land? I have a feeling it's going to be similar to how it was last night. I have a feeling that most places so you're going to get kind of an even divide. Cause I just don't, I, I, I don't think maybe the dream would have been that, yeah, in Chicago, he's going to get cheered and everywhere else he's going to get booed. So he could kind of do the, you know, the heart foundation thing. But I think. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there are enough people that still that still love him and still if, are going to follow him. If they wanted him booed, they they wouldn't put him with FTR though. True. Yeah. 
you, you don't put him with FTR right now if you want, unless unless you really want heat and have FTR just go full blown heel on him, you know, with the right. right. But, but I mean, that ain't happening. I don't think. So you <laughs> should mention this could, but I don't think it's happening yet. This is a first round match for the Owens uh, Owen Hart Cup tournament. Um, it was mentioned on commentary, uh, I believe, twice that um, a potential semifinal match uh, will be CM Punk versus. Samoa Joe. Do you think do you think we're gonna get Punk Joe, you know, four? I mean, they've definitely been setting that up. Oh you know, yeah. You know, but yeah, they're gonna do it as part of this tournament or not? I I don't know. I mean it makes the most sense. I don't I, I forget who Joe's matched up against, but it seemed like a an obvi- a pretty much a Joe win. But um Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to 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 see uh, it's, it's Roderick Strong, uh, which honestly, either one of those is fascinating. Could go uh, with Roddy. Yeah. I could see Roddy maybe pulling it out somehow, but yeah. Right. Um, and, and sa- saving that for down the line. I mean, that seems like more of a, yeah, like a big, big showcase match, but yeah, you never know. Right. Well, anyway, I, I, I think uh, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how punk continues to kind of evolve uh, uh, and how the fans evolve in their treatment. And I think that it's also important to remember that, you know, it, it, I mean, clearly people are fine. You, you know, it's 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 not things have not like uh, imploded backstage. There's not this huge divide between, um, you, you know, between the locker room or whatever. It's, uh, I, I think that much had been made, of course, of that before, uh, punk returned. And, and, and now clearly things, things are okay. Um, are you saying maybe this was a work shoot. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird. Part of me is, is of a mind that that is certainly possible, but then there's also this element of, I think it was, I think, I think what happened was for real. I think there was definitely some bad blood, but I think that also, you know, these people know how to do business and business is going to be done. So I don't, again, I don't think we're going to see, uh, punk in the bucks in, in the ring anytime soon. I don't think we're gonna see punk and Omega in the ring anytime soon, but I do think eventually, yeah, that's what we're going to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought uh, from the beginning that there was real stuff there. Like, I mean, I don't think that that was, that was made up that there was acrimony, but. I felt like when when they aired it all so publicly, mm-hmm. it just smelled to me like, okay, we had something bad happen, so now we're just going to run with it. And, you know, Punk wasn't going to – I mean, everybody knew Punk was out with the injury, so right. they couldn't, like, just sell sell it right away. They had to let it simmer and, and you know – and, you know, when Punk's not fired, you know, and he's just sitting around and he's tweeting stuff, I mean, you know he's doing that with – with permission that I mean, right, right, I mean, right. you're going at some point in time, you know, if a guy does that and he's doesn't have, you know, the boss doesn't want him to, you, you sue him, right. Yeah. For breach of contract. So, and you know, Tony Khan's got plenty of lawyers who could sue CM Punk, <laughs> right. I mean, this isn't like, Oh, well, I don't know if we could do that. I mean, it, so to me, it, I, I always felt that there was real heat between them, but they decided, you know, to make money on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's the smart play, and the, and the thing, the, yeah, the other thing is too, remember. I'm sorry, but you remember they said that he wasn't going to appear on Dynamite ever when he came back, and first week back he's on Dynamite again. Right, right. I mean, like 
I'm not even a dynamite guy. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm a collision guy. <laughs> I'm a collision guy. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, I mean, it just so. I mean, he. I mean, he's like trolling everybody sure. right there in the first episode of Dynamite after he comes back. So, yeah. I mean, I haven't been watching a ton of AEW. It's just I've been busy and haven't had the, the opportunity. But you know, like to me, it's like okay, yeah, we're true. I mean, yeah. I, like like you said, Sam. I think there's some real stuff, but I just think that. You know, everything now that they, that comes out is, that's for effect now. They, they yeah. just want, you know, everybody to buy their pay-per-views and tune in on their shows. Well, and I yeah. think the amazing thing is too, is that they've set up this perfect run for him to, you know, to feud with multiple people down the line. And I, I you know, it, it's one of those situations where when he ends up starting to get beat, you know, the, the, the top two contenders to beat him, as far as I'm concerned, are Hangman Page, which I think is where some real money is based off of what, you know, went down between the two of them, uh, and, uh, and MJF, obviously. You know, I think that those are the two guys that probably need to beat him more than anybody else. Um, but it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things continue to play out. I think the wonderful thing is, is that as evidenced by when he came back, you know, uh, uh, over a year ago, the, I, I think that there's, there's no doubt about where he can be after a few more weeks in the ring. Um, and, uh, uh, again, I thought they told a good story and it was just a fun match to watch. So I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, the four way for the AEW international championship between orange Cassidy, Zack Sabre jr. Uh, Katsuyori Shibata and Daniel Garcia, you know, this is a fun match. It was like 10 minutes. It didn't, it didn't really overstay its welcome. It didn't, it, all, all, all four of those guys are so very, very good in, in their own ways. And it's just great to see Shibata in a ring again, no, no matter, you know, when or where it is. Uh, I, I just enjoy watching him. Um, uh, you know, Garcia is, is, is phenomenal. And, and, and I think, um, is in a weird position right now because you know, he was heavily featured for a while. Then, you know, he's kind of taken a backseat to, to other stuff that was going on, especially in like the Jericho Appreciation Society and stuff. And I, I feel like, I feel like there's a place for him and they just don't know where it is yet. But when they do find it, you know, he's, he's, he's money. So, uh, I look forward to when that does happen. Um, the guy who ended up looking the best in this match, as far as I'm concerned, is Zack Sabre Jr. I just thought everything he did as usual, um, has so much meaning behind it. It looks so good and so painful. Um, but the guy who might have, I mean, arguably looked even a little bit better is Orange Cassidy, who did end up retaining the title. Um, the title reign has been, has been going on for a while now, and I'm starting to get a little itchy as to see who's going to, to dethrone him. Um, just because. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, I wonder how much longer they can keep it interesting. But the funny thing is, is it's like, even though there's not a lot of buzz, in my opinion, around him specifically or around uh, whatever match he might be going into. The matches are always fun and interesting. And so it's hard to like knock the rain because ultimately the matches themselves have been good. And, and that's what we should care the most about. I mean, yeah, I want some storylines. Yeah. I'd like to see something, you know, like crazy happen. But at the same time, if you're having solid matches and putting in solid title defenses, doesn't, you know, doesn't that matter more than all the rest of that stuff? And doesn't the belt end up meaning more if you're able to like have this awesome reign with it? So 
He's yeah. like old school TV champion there, you know, mm-hmm. like hearing every week, you know, opening up majority of the shows and stuff like that. And, you know, always gets the crowd interest and stuff like that. I mean, he's in, the, he's in a good spot. So, yeah. yeah. Um, next up, we had Sonata, uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, taking on Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, the match was fine. Uh, the post-match was the most interesting part, frankly. Uh, Sonata is so good. He, he's like Randy Orton good in that way that everything looks easy. And sometimes you're just sort of like, make a mistake, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but that said, the match was, I mean, the match was, was good and, and Sonata looked great and he obviously was going to win, um, the match. I don't think there was any drama or question about that whatsoever. Although there, there were certainly a couple times when Jungle Boy uh, was was on top for for a little bit here or there, um, but the the finishing stretch where Sonata just kind of like built to to the moonsault, it was as soon as it started, you could just see it coming, and it was just beautiful. Like it, there, there's something about the way that Sonata wrestles, and pretty much, I mean, has kind of wrestled for the past like six or seven years to this level. So it's kind of crazy that he's only now, you know, in that, in that main event, you know, heavyweight championship, uh, uh, place, which a lot of people thought that he was never going to get to. A lot of people thought that he'd been like passed over. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was just beautiful. It was, it was, you know, I don't know that he's ever going to necessarily reach, uh, Okada level or Tanahashi level, but there's no doubt that what he does in the ring is just as beautiful as anything they ever did. Um, the post-match, however, uh, is where the interesting stuff happened because as Jungle Boy and Hook uh, walked back up the ramp, uh, Jungle Boy ended up laying Hook out with a clothesline and uh, then soaking up the booze of the crowd and seemed very uh, happy and enthusiastic to uh, be a heel. Hey, need something, you know, let's, let's get to the next level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. It is. It it's, is it's time. It yeah. is time. Look, I, 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 I mean, he, he is like, you know, you know, one of the, the whitest meat baby faces there, but really to kind of get up to the next level, he's got to do something more, you know, and uh, like, Oh yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure he'll be a baby face again down the line, and he'll, but hopefully it'll be on the next level up. That, that's what I'm hoping out of this. Absolutely. I, I mean, the, the, the charisma that he has, and then of course, you know, the ability in the ring that he has, uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't, he shouldn't go, you know, as far as he wants to go. Um, and, and he's always, uh, of the, of the four pillars, uh, he's always been my favorite. Uh, and I have no problem saying that. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing what happens and, uh, where it goes from here. Mike, you have any thoughts on that? You know, I think that, um, he needs something. I mean, his, his, uh, he has great charisma in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, his promos still, I think, need some work. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's evolving with his promos. Uh, I don't know if this will help him there. You know, I mean, it, that, that's the question is, can he use it as a way to like improve his promos? Then I think it's a great move. If not, I don't know that he gets to the next level without like a mouthpiece or somebody else to, to, to put him over. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I think what's holding him back right now. I think that's what's, what's sort of held back. You know, I mean, even like Sammy Guevara, you know, I mean, it's, it's Sammy Guevara's great in the ring. Mm-hmm. Promo still needs some work. Right. Yeah. And I think that was the thing about the four pillars, little feud they had going on that, sure that, that. got me was it was sort of like, I, I thought Darby's d- decent, you know, and, and could, but it was like when it was the four of them all in the room. It was like when you needed MJF in the ring to carry the promo for everybody else. Uh, yeah, there's one week where, uh, where, he, where MJF wasn't there and the other three weren't. I'm like, oh, yeah, this yeah. isn't going well. Well, yeah, the it, thing is... It, it dragged. The right? thing, was, 
the thing I'll say about that is like, I, I completely agree w- w- about jungle boy and, and Guevara. The thing about Darby is like, you could legitimately have him as a star and never put a mic in his hand. Right. No, no. I think he's made it work for him. Like right. it works. Darby's got himself in a spot where it works, you know, and you know, to your point, you know, there's lots of guys over the years who haven't been real talky, you know, right, right. perfectly big stars. Right. You know, right. So I think Darby can do that, you know, and, um, you know, sort of like, I don't want to talk. I want to fight kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and that's good. But, you know, whereas, you know, Jack Perry and Sammy Guevara, both, I think that their characters need them to be more compelling on the microphone. I and, completely agree. And so that's, that, that's the question is, can this turn do something for, for him where he, you know, catches, you know, fire or does, or do they have to go with like a plan B where there's a, there's a mouthpiece like he had when he was with Christian. Right. And, right. and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, I will say that the couple of times that that I that that I've been impressed with with Jack's mic work, it has always been when he's been, you know, when he has been fired up, when he has been a little bit more edgy. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe going heel might give him an opportunity to really refine that and and take it more, you take it someplace else. Because some of the stuff he did with you know with Christian, some of the stuff that he did you know with MJF, where he did go to you know a little bit more of that edgy place, I felt like was more successful than than the stuff when he's just got to be, you know, Jack. Um, then we had, uh, what was, what was another really fun match and, and a very good match as well, which is the 10 man tag team match with the elite, uh, the hung bucks, hangman, Adam page, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Eddie Kingston, and Tomohiro Ishii taking on the Blackpool combat club of uh, John Moxley, Wheeler, Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Kanosuke Takashita and Shoto Umino. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun match. It was a crazy match. Everybody got their shit in. It was, you know, it, it was exactly what you would expect from seeing this. Um, the only thing that might have been slightly unexpected uh, was the fact that Ishii ended up getting the pin. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to need too many guesses as to who he got the pin on. But <laughs> <laughs> the Blackpool Palmer guy, uh, job guy there, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Wheeler, you know. Mox, uh, right? Didn't Mox take the pin? Yeah, 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 and, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, actually, I didn't say that. Did, did, did Mox bleed? I mean, I didn't notice that. Did, I don't know that he did, actually. I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. I like, don't think he did. Got to keep him guessing. I guess so. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was fun. It, you know, like I said, it was fun. And I felt like everybody, everybody had s- some great moments, which was nice. I mean, some of the stuff that I noticed, like, uh, Shota Umino, for instance, there were a few times where he was in the ring and he just looked amazing. Um, which is great because I do think he's one of those, you know, guys, like even when he was a young lion and watching him as a young lion in New Japan, it was clear that it's like, I, I think that's the guy. Um, and, and I, and I, and I still do. I think he's going to, I think he's going to go very far. Um, you know, Takashita looked great. Um, Adam Page looked amazing in the match. Um, Eddie Kingston, who admitted that he ate a lot of ice cream when he was on the shelf, uh, <laughs> uh, a little, little out of shape right now. Uh, he looked great. You know, I mean, everybody looked great. And, and of course, Ishii is, is, is a pit bull. So what do you expect? Um, and, and he's got to get ready. He's got, he's got a lot of matches ahead of him, uh, over in the G1. So, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. there's only six, six now, right? There's not like 10 like they used to have. So, you know, right. a, little, a little more rest. But. Right. Um, we'll talk about that. 
did you want to just like it? But uh, then we had the uh, women's world championship match with Tony Storm defending against Willow Nightingale. Um, Tony Storm uh, once again. Um, it seems like everybody is, is, is wanting to break the noses of, of that stable. Um, cause Tony Storm, geez, Tony Storm, uh, got a, a busted nose. Um, not too dissimilar from, from Ruby Soho getting her nose busted up a while back, but, uh, it was fine. You know, I mean, Willow, Willow's yeah. really good. Tony's phenomenal. So it was, it was going to be a good match, but it, it also wasn't necessarily, um, it was it was going to be hard to compete with a lot of this stuff that that was on the card. Obviously. I know Stardom had a big show this weekend, so they yeah. couldn't have sent anybody over. You know, Willow's the New Japan Strong Champion by default, I guess. Because yeah. Mercedes got injured, so you know, you know I'm glad you mentioned Stardom. Glad, yeah, because one of the things that did happen in the media scrum post show is that Tony Storm laced into to Stardom into the uh, into the roster and basically, like you know, said that she just smacked the shit out of Julia. That she was, you know, she had no problem, you know, saying that she was better than the entire you know Stardom roster. And um, I, I I have a feeling that based off of that that we're probably going to get to see some stardom talent uh crossing over sooner rather than later um so that'll be cool when it happens and then uh next up the easily the match of the night easily i mean you know to to put it in the in the parlance of of all the wrestling internet folks uh, easy match of the year contender quite frankly will osprey uh, defeated kenny omega in just a hellacious match i mean it was just it was incredible it was such a wonderful uh you know kind of mirror image of the wrestle kingdom match in, in such that will osprey controlled the majority of the match much like kenny omega had controlled the majority of the match at wrestle kingdom um and it was i mean it was brutal it, it, it was i mean it was very brutal both men bled kenny bled early in the match after Osprey had just repeatedly smashed his head into the announce table and they, and, and, and they did it so well. It sounded sick. It looked sick. It was, you know, it was great. And, and yeah, Omega was busted open. Um, and, and the announce team did such a wonderful job, like playing up the blood and talking about, you know, uh, as in his eyes, he couldn't see this. He couldn't defend against that. He couldn't do this. And, and, and of course, you know, the guys in the ring were telling that story and, you know, uh, uh, they were getting the assist from the announce team. Um, Osprey bled buckets later on in the match uh, after Omega came back, uh, which just a- added even more to the drama. Um, and, and, and the finishing stretch was just insane. I mean, Osprey hit a tiger driver 91 on Kenny Omega, which for anyone that doesn't know, uh, just, just look it up. You can see the original one. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people have never seen that before. Like that did not look like it went right. Like, no, that's actually how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, he, he dumped Omega. Omega right on top of his head um, and uh, and somehow Omega kicked out um, and then we got uh, – he ended up doing Stormbreaker, which he doesn't do a lot anymore um, ever since his shoulder injury. So it, it felt like one of those matches where both guys brought absolutely everything they had and everything they are capable of, which means that there's maybe only one or two other guys on the face of the planet that could even come close to what they did in the ring. Um, and, and, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I mean, it. I mean, they, they both, they both brought it and, um, it's, it's, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, Osprey was Osprey was just incredible um, to the to the point that when he talks about how his body's breaking down and he can't do this much longer and all this sort of stuff, you look at a match like last night and you're kind of like, if you say so, I will not doubt you, but I don't see anybody else that can do what you do. So 
just keep doing what you're doing, I guess, you know, like what, what, take care of yourself. But, but I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, and Omega looked better. I mean, quite frankly, Kenny Omega looked better in that match than, than he has looked with maybe one or two exceptions in, in the past, like, you know, three, four years. I mean, it was, it was, it was just a stellar performance from him as well. Um, I knew it was going to be good, but I'll be completely honest. I didn't even know it was going to be as good as it was. If, I mean, it, I would say the main event was the match that might have been like the dream match in so many ways, but this was the match of the night. This was the match of the card. This was, this was the, this is a match that people are going to talk about. And, and I think more than any other match on the card and, and more than most matches that have taken place this year so far. So yeah. You guys know what they're doing. Go see it. Go watch it. Uh, next up, there's a six man tag with Sting, Darby Allen, and Tetsuya Naito taking on Le Suzuki gods, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. Um, this match was ugly. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but man, it was fun. Like, I didn't even care that it was, that it was ugly. I didn't even care that it looked like Naito was like taking the night off for most of it. I didn't care that, you know, that there were times when Sting, like, you know, he was fine. He's fine. I, I, I'm not questioning, like, you know, whether he should be in the ring or anything like that, but there were definitely times when it was sort of like, he can't do that. You know, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, he, he is in his sixties. That's right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was kind of an ugly match. And yet somehow it was still a lot of fun for the 15 minutes that it lasted. Yeah. And most sting matches these, the only, I mean, he's only in tag matches. He never right. loses. And, uh, but they're always fun. Every single one. I don't know. I just always enjoyed them. Yeah. yeah. And then the main event of the evening was Brian Danielson taking on Kazuchika Okada uh, in in what was absolutely a dream match. Uh, I mean, Danielson has been on the record as saying that this is the re- like literally this is the reason he left WWE um, so that a match like this could happen and um, and it lived up it lived up to it. It was it was really good. Um, you know, the first fifteen minutes were just phenomenal, and then Brian Danielson broke his arm. And you would think that that would mean that the match would be over, that they would just rush to a finish. No, no, that crazy man wrestled for 10 more minutes with a broken arm. Um, It's not quite a broken neck, but... Right, right. Uh, and immediately after fracturing his arm, Kazuchika Okada picks him up for a rainmaker, grabs wrist control on the broken arm, uses the broken arm for the ripcord, and, you know, Danielson reverses it and, and, and we're off to the races for the last 10 minutes. Uh, I, I, I mean, what else could you say? Danielson's a legend. Um, yeah. I, I think what he said is don't do that to my wrist again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the other one, the other one. Use the other one. Uh, and apparently he also revealed he had a torn labrum from the uh, uh, from the uh, Iron Man match in, uh, in March he was still recovering from. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, it, you know, it, it, it's funny, though. He did say in the, in the media scrum, he was talking about how um, – you know, how great the doctors have been though, and how, how he, you know, he talks with the doctors pretty much before every match and, uh, and, and they really put him through his paces and, and, and make sure that like, you know, cause he, cause it's something that obviously he's concerned about, um, you know, with, with the injuries that he's sustained in his career and in particular with the concussions and stuff. So, um, that's at least reassuring. Um, if it's true, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I have to admit, I was absolutely surprised by the finish to yeah. this match. Um, 
I did not think Okada was going to lose, and I definitely didn't think he was going to lose by submission. I mean, Okada has not tapped out for over eight years. Was it Nakamura in the G1, I think? Yeah, Nakamura like in the G1. Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, right at eight years, not over eight years. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right at eight years. Yeah, yeah uh, that's absolutely right. Yeah, Nakamura at, uh, in the G1 uh, in 2015. I mean, ah, I'm still a little stunned by it. I, I it, to me, to me, it says we're going to get another match between them, oh, which is exciting. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like if Okada had won, I wouldn't be saying that. And I know that sounds probably kind of crazy, but I, I feel like if Okada won, you would have just kind of been like, okay, you know, cool, let's move on. They had a great match. Let's, you know, but because Danielson won, it's like, no, there has to be a rematch. <laughs> He, he was a favorite going in. I think uh, I heard a podcast and stuff like that. And they were going through like the betting odds. I say, yeah, it's like uh, uh, three, three fifty, negative three fifty uh, to one hundred. It's like three to one odds uh, on uh, Okada. I was like, oh yeah, Okada. Of course, Okada's going to win that. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. But no, <laughs> that 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 was a nice surprise uh, seeing that for sure. I wonder too. I like that would that would be one of those matches where I would love to know. Like the behind the scenes, you know what I mean? Like, I would love to know, was that, was that like, you know, was that just a, a booking decision where it's just sort of like, no, this is what we're going to do. You know, was that, was that Okada saying like, you know, Hey, we're in North America. He should go over. Was that, you know, was that Danielson saying, Hey, you know, we should do a three match series and, you know, I'll take the first one. And that, you, you know, like what I just really would love to know, like what exactly went into it. Not that it matters ultimately, but it interests me, you know, of course, of course. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, overall, it was a good show. It was, you know, there. It, it, it's hard to say that the stuff was filler because nothing was bad. Nothing stunk up the joint. Nothing like bored the crowd either. I mean, the crowd was into the matches, um, but some of the matches just kind of felt like. Look, we've talked about this before. AEW had set kind of a bad precedent by having. Pay per view after pay per view or premium live event or whatever the hell you want to call them. Uh, there are pay per views there. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pay per view after pay per view of of like literally just a card full of main event matches. Not necessarily pay per view main event matches, but main event matches that you would see. You know, this is a dynamite main event or this, you know, whatever. And I feel like lately that's not been the case. But for a card like this, I would have loved to have been able to see more of that because it didn't to me. Yes, with Osprey and Omega and Danielson and Okada alone, it was worth the price of admission. I'm not going to say that it wasn't, but just the hype getting into it, I kind of felt like some of these matches wouldn't even main event Rampage. Interesting. You know? Um, which is fine, but it's just a different tone from, I think, you know, where we were a few years ago with, with AEW pay-per-views. So. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the summer, they, they announced that I guess back to back weekends, there's going to be pay-per-views now. Wow. All, all in and then all out the following weekend, which I had heard was the rumor, but I was like, are they really going to do that? And yeah, they're doing it two straight weekends of pay-per-views. So. There's one it's like wild. the collision pay-per-view and the other, the dynamite. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they better do more than a collision paper, you think, for it to fill all, you know, to make all the people in the Wembley happy. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's, it, it is kind of crazy too, thinking that they're going to be in, in Wembley. And then the very next week, they're going to be in Chicago. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. And some, some smiles. But anyway, uh, enough about that. That, 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 that was fun. Uh, so let's, uh, let's dive into Phil Singer Games news and notes and let's go ahead and start off with what brought us here in the first place. And that is the GWF. We've had teasers coming for the next set, uh, Origins 2131. Um, did I get that right? Um, 2139. <laughs> I know. I was like, what am I talking about? Um, Origins 2139. Um, and, uh, let's, let's start with Burning Man, uh, getting this, this update. Uh, you know, the art looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. The the tease is fine. Um, it's I, yeah. I, I'm curious. You know what? What are the new powers going to be? What's the you know what? And, and not only just in terms of storyline, but also just mechanic. Like right? Like what has Tom come up with um, on this card? And uh, and of course, hinting at the story as well. Um, you know, he's got new partners and new purpose. So. Uh, yeah, I it, it's weird because I, if I'm being completely honest, Burning Man has never necessarily been one of my favorite characters just because I feel like the conceit of the character, it's like, well, how does he, I mean, how who's going to get in the ring and wrestle with that anyway, right? Like, but that said, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued um, to see how this is all going to work. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on, on the Burning Man update? Well, I think that Burning Man was a piece of art that a lot of people loved from like his original art. Um, and I think that if you were going to update that art, you really wanted something that like cooked. Um, but this one I think did, I mean, it, it, it's, um, I think Daryl absolutely knocked it out of the park. I think Tom's colors, Tom Rickard's colors on it are fantastic. Um, it all works. I think, and the other thing, the only thing I'll say is that, you know, Sam, I think a lot of people liked the character, but he hadn't been doing a lot. Like he was one of those guys who kind of got caught sort of in that mid card rut and mm-hmm. you didn't feel he was moving around. And I think, you know, Tom said, um, you know, in the inside Tom's brain post that, you know, he's going to focus on the mid card in this set, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I think that it gives us a chance to look at somebody like Burning Man and, and, you know, clearly something's, I mean, something's going to happen that, that that's interesting with him, And he's got this new card. And I, I think that, um, I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's neat because the mid card is really where your fed kind of happens, right? You know, you need, right. you need a good mid card and to have somebody like a burning man, who's a really interesting character on his face, you know, be able to, um, get this update. I think it's, 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 it's time. And I think it, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Burning Man? Yeah, Burning Man. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the original art. I think, uh, this art is, uh, really good as well. Um, yeah, I mean, with his character, you know, had an interesting start just kind of coming from Catholics and, you know, the, you know, that, that story really kind of went pretty far after that. But Burning Man, uh, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of fell out of that. It's been kind of all over the place and hasn't really had a home, which, you know, maybe even kind of adds to the story a little bit there too. And, you know, with this year, uh, you know, maybe he gets that home. Maybe he gets that other, you know, team that maybe is a little bit longer, uh, term for him. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've always, I have enjoyed the card. I had, you know, in the in the past, uh, the the one this year, um, you know, I guess is a little little different there. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see uh, what it is. I, I I know definitely, you know, some some things going on with the team. I think have been, you know, that that he's going to be joining is probably the most interesting uh, part of it. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what people think. Mike, what yeah, do you I think mean, about that part? part? New partners and a new purpose is kind of an interesting little piece of that teaser. Uh, you yeah. know, I think everybody got caught up in the artwork and I think that that's like a, a definitely a little nugget Tom threw in there that I think tells you that he's got a, a kind of a cool new direction. So I'm, I'm really, you know, interested to see how it, how it all evolves and, and you know, what it leads to and what people think of it. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see, uh, you know, how, how, you know, how people, you know, think about his direction kind of going forward, uh, after this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, there'll definitely be some surprises, uh, going on for sure. Uh, I know also we did have the, the teaser for Kenji, uh, that, that happened there, which I know a lot of people did also see, uh, earlier on, um, at the Road to Galacticon there. Uh, we did, uh, see that art, uh, artwork again. I think a little bit more teasing of that story too, right? Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people, you know, were thinking that that was like, oh, a new, you know, wh- why is he, Tom just repeating it? But I, I think one of the things is Tom wanted to get some of those little nuggets, you know, that are in the teaser that he didn't put in the, you know, when we, at the Road to Galacticon. Right. I think he right. brought the, that in. And again, he's got these like, it's some pretty pithy little nuggets that come in, but yeah. they carry a lot of information if you really like break them down. And right, I think right. that's, I think that's the thing that people need to look at with that. Kenji, what, why did he, Tom, Tom always has a purpose with these teasers. And I'll just yeah. say this so that if anyone wants to know, Todd and I have no idea what Tom is going to tease until about what, eight hours before the teaser goes. Yeah. Yeah. I usually get I mean, the morning of, I'm like, Oh, Okay, it's Kenji this week. Okay, cool. There's a teaser. So, you know, yeah. you know, he, he may tell us I'm thinking about doing a teaser, but that's, that's about it. So we, you know, I, and he just writes them and sends them, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's go with this one. So he's got a purpose yeah. with each one of these teasers that he wants you to like pull these little nuggets out of his story and see, you know, he wants to see who can figure what out and then he'll still probably surprise you when you, when you read it, but he wants yeah. to kind of lead you down the path with these teasers. So, um, you know, I think that the Kenji one, even though people had knew Kenji was coming, I think this kind of, this teaser last week, uh, had given a little bit more information to people. Yeah, I mean, I I think both characters and both, you know, write-ups obviously are proof of Tom's excitement, but also um they are pieces to to the jigsaw puzzle that he's building with 2139 and and kind of the teasers leading up to the release here in a few weeks and I I it's it's always so hard not to be excited even though I haven't been playing uh the GWF actively you know in, in recent times uh it's impossible not to get excited about these releases and a lot of that does have to do with you know with the way that Tom builds the the, the promos and stuff and um 
even if I don't necessarily always believe that everything is going to be the most shocking event in GWF history, um, I, it's, you know, it's still one of those things where you're just sort of like, Oh, what's going to happen? You know, what is going to happen? We can't- I don't know, Sam. There, I think that this one, this one might be, I mean, this, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm not saying Kenji himself, although maybe, sure. right. I mean, it, right. you know, well, it, it's, it, but there's, he's, he's got some stuff. There's no way that Tom's just going to do, Oh, I'm just going to do a bunch of mid card stuff and it'll be like a ho hum, you know, thing. He's got, you know, he's got some really cool things lined up here. And the fact that he's just teasing, you know, he said it's a mid-card focused one, but that means the story has to be, I mean, the fact that, I mean, what did somebody put on the boards? It's like 20 or 30% longer than last year's book. I mean, like with the word count, I mean, he's got a lot going on. And so, you know, I think that, and again, another mid-carder with Kenji, right? You know, somebody who's been around a while and, while he's been successful in the ring, hasn't had a big story, you know, to go with. So the fact that Tom's choosing to tease him, yeah. you know, sort of tells me something's going on there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about it. I've always liked Kinji and I, I mean, this artwork is really cool and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, exactly what the next step is for the character and, and, and where this new card puts him, you know, um, it doesn't have to necessarily be like some sort of huge upgrade, obviously, but, um, it'll just be interesting to see, you know, where he lands. Mm-hmm. Something else is going to be really interesting to see is, um, you know, he's described as an immovable object, uh, is where Quagmire ends up, uh, you know, kind of fitting into all of this because he's, you know, going to be taking on the gladiators. Um, so I, I'm, I'm fascinated, uh, to see where this individual in the tradition of swamp thing and man thing, uh, uh, kind of, kind of lands, uh, in, in this feud, um, and kind of rekindling this, you know, Animan versus gladiators. Um, again, and, and it's going to be fascinating. And, and it gives, you know, we come back to the mid card, Tempest, somebody who debuted uh-huh. with a little bit of excitement, but didn't seem to have a, as much direction. Now all of a sudden he's with Quagmire and they're going, going to feud with the gladiators. I mean, this, this, this now becomes, you know, you know, I mean, that, that becomes a big thing. So, I mean, I think there's some interesting, some really interesting storytelling going on here. Um, well, you know, I'm glad you said that because the thing to me that's almost even more interesting is the the last line of the tease, which is, but what about the battle for Castellix? Can the gladiators survive an attack by Tempest and Quagmire with enemies coming at them from all directions? And, you know, Tom said um, at the con that, you know, the gladiators were going to be very central to all this, to continue being very central to everything that was going on. And to me, this is an indication that, after everything that's happened to them over the past few years, that now here we are in a position where, yeah, they, their forces might have to get divided, you know, that there's going to be, um, if they're going to be in the middle of it, they're literally going to be in the middle of it. And how, how are they going to deal with attacks from all angles? Um, and quite frankly, I think it would be kind of neat to see that crack the facade of the gladiators. I would like to see that take them down a peg or two, because I just don't think they're as interesting when they're this, invulnerable, mighty, you know, militaristic force that cannot be, you know, beaten back or defeated or, or, or whatever. So I would, I would kind of like to see what would happen if maybe some cracks start to really, um, well, continue to form. Cause I feel like they're already there, but I also think that they're still just such a powerful team that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get one past them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they've, they've obviously, I mean, 
let's be honest. I mean, the gladiators have been there from the beginning. Uh, they're, you know, one of the, you know, signature sort of franchises in, in the GWF and, and they're, they've definitely had a lot going on lately, right? I mean, Tom's really had a lot going on with them and, and, you know, it's, it's got to lead to something. So it's, to your point, it's this new threat. What does that mean? And, you know, the, the bit about, you know, the battle for Castellix and all that. I mean, it, there's a, a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, just the idea that, you know, that, that this, you know, Anim and Gladiators feud, uh, it, it also takes us back to the whole title of, of this series of sets, right? Origins. Like, I mean, that's something as old, just about as old school as it gets. So, um, it'll be really cool to see how that plays out and, and what, if any other callbacks there might end up being, um, you know, to the, to the old days as well. No, I mean, it's, it, it, that's, I mean, like you said, Sam, it, you know, Tom finds a way to get everybody hooked all over again. Right. Right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> um, Todd, any, any, any thoughts, uh, about Quagmire here? Anything that, uh, that we've been talking about? Uh, no, I mean, look, look, looks interesting. Different, uh, you know, different look for someone from Andromeda, you know, mm-hmm. not, not a cure, you know, uh, you know, an, an animal type there, just, uh, you know, something more swampy, you know, there. I did not realize until seeing, you know, doing research on the name that quagmire actually means like a swampy bog. Um, so it, 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 the name, I guess, makes sense there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I think uh, having a good, uh, you know, uh, you know, strong man there to kind of take on the gladiators and whatnot, I think that's a, a good, a good move for the Adamant, uh, overall. Um, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, to Sam's point, I think that, you know, it's interesting. You have Tempest and Hilo, who, you know, obviously aquatic, and now we have a swamp creature, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of been a new, a real new direction for, you know, the Animen with, you know, you had, you know, Wolf and Monolith and Swarm before that. You had all these, yeah. you know, like guys that weren't in the water. And now, right. <laughs> now the, right. the team is in the water, right? You know, it's uh, definitely interesting. Well, and the other thing too is, is you've got that classic mold, especially when you go back to the, you know, the origins of the, the anime and stuff, you've got this classic mold of like this huge, big hulking brute, you know, with all the power and then this, you know, fast, agile, um, you know, kind of smart, uh, wrestler in Tempest. So I think that the, the dynamic there is also a nice callback as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing, you know, just how much of a threat they can be to the gladiators. Cause again, where the gladiators are sitting right now, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to, to really come at them, you know, and take them out. <clears throat> but, uh, True. but regardless of how the dice roll, the storyline obviously will help propel us into some interesting directions. Um, so let's, let's move away now from the GWF and head over to our Trago Synthes Hall of Fame set. Uh, we've had a couple of great announcements, uh, right out of the gate falling on the great Malenko announcement, um, from the con. And, uh, we'll start off with Mr. Wilbur Snyder. Uh, great name. Some great talent to, to, you know, to set him up with right off the bat. Of course, uh, held tag team titles with, um, you know, uh, Danny Hodge and, uh, uh, somebody else who is escaping me right now. <laughs> um, but, you know, someone who has been, been around, um, and, and worked in, in multiple promotions throughout the, the world, throughout the globe. Um, did a lot of work in, in Japan. And of course, AWA, uh, was out in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout the Midwest. 
So, um, Pepper Gomez, uh, Bobo Brazil, you know, held tag team titles with both of those guys in addition to, um, Danny Hodge and also, uh, with Nick Bockwinkle in San Francisco. So, um, Pat O'Connor too, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, I, um, and, uh, if, if we're just including everybody, we got Dick the Bruiser. I mean, the yeah, Bruiser. the guy, the guy had definitely, I mean, he, he was like a lot of, of tag team partners. From right. There. Right. Yeah. Vern Gagne, Moose Cholak. I mean, definitely some, some, some big names, some names that, uh, have been, been around. So, uh, just a, yeah, just an overall, a, a great name, hell of an athlete. Um, and, you know, someone that, uh, you know, played football in, in addition to wrestling. Um, and I think it's just really exciting to, to have him in the game. I, I loved somebody on the boards, and I apologize for not remembering who posted it, but somebody put something up about, like, criticizing Warner's job on his hands. Like, nobody has hands that look like that. And then he, like, looked at the original reference photo, and the guy was like, I take it back. He did have hands like that. <laughs> <laughs> like hot dog fingers or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah hot dog fingers. I was like, yeah, that's it. Dude, dude was legit big, man. He had huge hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh no, I mean he's a, he's a you know a legend. I mean, really cool to have him in the game, um, you know. And, and and I think that you know it, it's the thing I like about the TNT sets is you know people talk about how you know should we have themes, should we not have themes? Well, with the TNT set, I mean they're almost all sort of themeless sets. I mean, yes, they all have ties to the hall, but you get guys from so many different eras, so many different territories. You know, it's just so neat because you can sort of you know, for those people who want to mix and match different eras and, and sort of have like a what if, you know, environment, I think it's it's awesome to get somebody like, you know, Wilbur Snyder in there because he was a huge star, you know, particularly in the Midwest. Um, but, you know, let's have him wrestle in Philly, right? I mean, I don't know. You know, like it's it's you can do so many di- cool different things with these guys. So it's uh, he's, he is, a, you know was an innovator like somebody you know people i think uh are really excited about so i'm glad we have yeah yeah i and the neat thing is is that you know he wrestled a style that i feel like was at once uh classic and a little bit ahead of its time in some ways um you know a guy that uh i i think um you know unconsciously people are, are still you know using some of the stuff that that he uh, uh used back in like the 60s so um Great guy to have uh, in the game, and, and definitely someone that uh, I think represents this set well, and you know the, the TNT well, um, while also just being a, a champ. You know the the California Comet, uh, <laughs> Todd, innovator of the innovator of the abdominal stretch, abdominal too. stretch, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So claims Bobby Heenan. Um, (laughs) um, And, uh, you know, that leads us nicely uh, because even on the Wikipedia page, it mentions that uh, Snyder's legacy was cemented by WWE announcer Jim Ross, who would refer to shades of the late Wilbur Snyder, which I can hear in my in my head him saying that anytime somebody used the abdominal stretch. Um, And that just brings us right into the next announcement, which I think is just a huge announcement. And that is, of course, Jim Ross joining the TNT set, joining Phil Singer games with a card. Um, super cool. I, I was there when he signed, uh, <laughs> and, and just so excited for this have gotten, uh, you know, a fly on the wall view of the creation of his card. I think people are going to end up having a lot of fun with this one. Um, I mean, it's a different card. Con- it, it's, you a, know, it's unique. Yeah. 
It is. And, and, and I'm going to be completely honest. And I know that other people won't agree with this, but I swear if you just put his picture on a card and there was nothing on the back of it, it would still just be awesome to have him in the game. But the fact that he's going to have a really cool card on top of that, some cool stuff on the back of the card, that makes it even better. Yeah, I, th- I think the guys and, and Todd had some input into it too. You know, like it, it's a really cool um, mechanic. It's a cool. I, I like. I like the direction. It's. It's. You know, gone in. It's. It's. It's something a little bit different, and yeah. I think it's. It's befitting um, somebody as iconic as uh, good old Jr. Yeah. My God, it's a slobber knocker of a card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Pier Sixer. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be awesome. And um, he was he, he was he was great that whole weekend. And obviously, he was you know dealing with some stuff and um, was very open about that, which I also thought was commendable and very cool. But uh, what a personality! What a force! Um, and of course, just I mean, for so many of us. Um, the voice of professional wrestling, you know, has, has in in so many ways um, for so many people eclipsed anyone else, including, you know, the legendary Gordon Soley, uh, which he would never allow anyone to say to his face. But uh, uh, I think, you know, it's 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 just hard to it's hard to imagine the wrestling landscape, uh, in particular, the 90s and early 2000s um, and not and not hear his voice. So, um Pretty, well, you know, Sam, he had a unique moment. opportunity where, you know, it, you know, Gordon solely only spoke to an audience in a region of the country, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like he didn't, mm-hmm. and, and, and you could say the same thing about Lance Russell, right? Even, even Heenan and, um, Gorilla, who, you know, right, they're favorites of at least a couple people around here. <laughs> um, you know, they, they were primarily focused on a region in the country. And so, you know, JR really, you know, was the narrator for, you know, the, one of the most popular eras nationally of wrestling, internationally, you know, of wrestling. And, you know, he was the narrator at that time. And yeah. I think that that, uh, and especially when, you know, you partner him up with, you know, you know, Jerry and, 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 and you know, who's outrageous and crazy saying that right. he's this like more buttoned up, you know, like, and he sort of keeps the show moving. And I think a lot of people appreciated that about him always, you know, as, as, as crazy as the attitude era was and the Monday night wars were, you know, he had that presence that sort of gave some gravity to it all. Yes. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better. I also always loved the way that he played favorites. I love that you knew who, you know, he was rooting for, if you will. I, I, I thought that that was always a very cool contrast to a lot of other sort of play by play guys and the way that he would get indignant when something bad was happening to his favorites was always, was always a cool moment. Um, it, it, it yeah, uh, just, just a great, incredible career and, and an incredible guy. And I, I feel lucky to have gotten to share some space with him and, and, and talk to him, uh, last year. So glad that he's going to get, uh, get this card. And he, he was so damn nonchalant about signing that form. Like he just was like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you need for me, pal? Pal. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm JR's pal. If anybody wants to know that, yeah, I'm, I'm pal. So it's, uh, <laughs> well, I, and I, I, I went up to him at the bar, uh, later that night and, you know, and thanked him and just reiterated our appreciation. And he was just sort of like, whatever helps the hall, whatever's good for business, you know, it's, and, and just like, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, 
And there are, of course, more great names to come. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, there's, 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 uh, some really, really, really great stuff, uh, in, in the pipeline for, for legends, not only for this set, but just for the next 365, you know, there's, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, so legends promoters can continue to be excited because there's, there's going to be great stuff, uh, all year round. Um, and, uh, that next teaser will hit this Friday, uh, which is also our pre-order day. Is that correct, Todd? That is correct. This Friday, June 30th will be pre-order day. It's a little, it's a little early, but why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Give the people what they want. A good teaser. We'll give them a good teaser for, uh, for, 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 uh, spoil, for, uh, pre-order day. Right? This is like our Christmas in July, you know, for, for, for promoters, you, you know, when this time of year hits, you, you might as well put on a red cap and a white beard. So, um, it's, and we're gonna, uh, <laughs> when are we dropping this episode, Sam? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be dropping this, uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. So the 26th or the 27th. Okay. Yeah. So I can't tell you, I'd love to talk about Friday's teaser, mm-hmm. but I guess we'll have to do that next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. be back next week. Yeah. 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 Speaking of next week, actually, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about that. We mentioned that we've already got a plan in place. Um, Todd, tell the promoters what they've won. So, uh, I know we, we haven't really had any, uh, um, teasers yet for the Impact Pro Wrestling, uh, set number two at this point. And, uh, the good reason for that, uh, the reason for that is, that we are going to do a roster reveal. Uh, I think we did that last year for the uh, first IPW set, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So uh, we will be uh, dropping that uh, next next week. So we'll have a couple of guests on with us, and uh, I won't I won't step on them too much. But you know, listen to Uncharted Territory; they'll at least tell you one of those guests uh, that'll be joining next week. That'll be uh, getting uh, a new card. Uh, yeah, the you know. Chad set everything up, so I don't. I don't want to, you know, step on his toes, you know, with that announcement. So got to do a little friendly uh, cross promotion. Little, little with those bums over promotion. there, in Uncharted territory. You, you definitely want to listen to Uncharted territory. So, we'll, uh, except, well, I guess Dalton will be on, but you'll listen to it anyway. Yeah. Despite them bad mouthing us sometimes, know. you know, like, but you know, it's alright. That's okay because you can get their shirts over at tkostore.com. That's tkostore.com. Um, so uh I pick up one ours too while you're there. Just yeah. oh yeah, 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 for sure. You know. Um ours you can also get your Galacticon there. shirt, your Galacticon twenty twenty three shirt there. That's right. Well. I, uh, uh, did we just turn that into a Dalton promo? Wow. That, that I think was... we I think we did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how natural. I'll buy you a beer, Tim. It's, it's okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh it's not gimmick infringement because we we're we're all selling gimmicks over there. Um, so uh I'm looking forward to it. I love doing the IPW roster reveal last year. That was a hell of a lot of fun. That IPW set was so damn cool. And uh this one is is gonna bring promoters, I think, everything that they want, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, and more uh from an IPW uh, set uh for for the second round uh of names. And uh it'll be great to to be joined by some guests for that one. Um and and incredibly apropos, of course, uh, to do that. Um, before we move on, I, I didn't mean to just step all over, but is there anything else, Todd, that you want to add or mention about pre-order day, uh, this Friday, the 30th? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Just stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, we'll have everything, you know, uh, at least all the three sets, the, um, uh, the origins, 2139 TNT, uh, set number four, 
and IPW is set number two. They'll all be up there. Uh, still, the plan is that they will uh, mail uh, the week after uh, Galacticon uh, is over. So uh, nothing will be mailed beforehand. It'll be it'll be uh, you know, at some point uh, after that, but before the end of the month for sure. But we, but we will put the GWF book up for sale. Galacticon weekend for folks, right? We're gonna do yeah. this again. Yeah, yeah we'll get we'll get the uh, GWF book up there, and I think uh, maybe some online stuff, maybe as well. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to we'll look at the tour for for folks coming to Galacticon. We'll find a way to hook you up. Right? <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. make an announcement on that later. But I think that um, the bottom line is that we uh, we, we want to make Galacticon special for those who are coming. They get first crack at everything, and then uh, and and, uh, and teaser wise, we're only doing a, a, a Legends teaser Friday. Um, Tom's got his GWF teaser lined yeah. up for Monday, so don't yeah, it's just going to be GWF yeah. teaser. It's not coming Friday. We're we're going to. Uh, I, I don't want people like you know messaging us on the boards or you know on the book of face or whatever and telling us that we forgot the GWF teaser. It's just Tom's got his schedule and he's operating on his Monday schedule. So that's right. That's right. But um, uh, yeah, so yeah, if if you can't make it to uh Waterloo, definitely get your virtual uh ticket there. You know, there will be some other uh things available for people attending virtually as well that might not be available to the general public. So Nice. Right on. Um, well, uh, I think that, uh, that gives us a perfect opportunity to now talk about Galacticon TNT weekend, a full schedule announcement. Yeah. So, uh, we put that up on the, uh, the website there. Tickets are available at this point, uh, right now. Uh, for that, we have three different ticket options, uh, two different in-person ones. We do have, uh, the, the standard $30, uh, a convention uh, price, and then there's also a $15 ticket if you have a TNT Hall of Fame All Access Pass. Um, so you know, basically to get into the the, the con, you get into the the con itself for free, uh, but then you will pay for the you know um, uh, the the exclusive items there. You'll there'll be a, a Champions card, a Legends card, an Indie card, a uh, Galacticon sticker and an in-person item. So there's actually a lot of stuff. I was just mm-hmm. say, are you crazy for only fifteen dollars, Todd? I think so. I probably should have marked it up a little bit more. Than, uh, <laughs> but uh, nah, this gets Galacticon, and you know, people are you know, people are coming a long way. We'll give them something a little, little extra with this there. And uh, yeah, if you're part of the virtual convention, you'll get everything except for that in-person item uh, is only for people that are going to be there in Waterloo. Um, but uh, yeah, we did announce. The, the full uh, schedule as well, just so people know what that what's going on there. Thursday night, we will have the uh, preview release of uh, TNT set four and IPW, um, and then also the release of uh, GWF Origins twenty one thirty nine later on that night as well. Uh, so you know, if you're coming into Waterloo, you can get everything as early as Thursday night or Friday morning when the convention uh, uh, proper opens uh, at the Waterloo Convention Center. Uh, we're going to be running um, from 10 a.m. until uh, 5 p.m. on the um, on the Saturday. Uh, we'll have tournaments for Impact Pro, and there will be a Champions of the Galaxy tournament. I think for that one, you'll get to choose which uh, Champions of the Galaxy wrestler you want to be for that. We'll do like an order of choosing for that. Uh, we'll also have the that Friday, Todd. That's on Friday. Friday. Yeah, I'll be on Friday for just those people in person. 
Uh, we'll also have a Champions of the Galaxy trivia contest. And then uh, for something a little different, we're going to do a Galacticon Super Show. This is kind of borrowing from uh, the the convention, the, uh, the the mini convention that Chad held uh, in Iowa last year. I kind of like that idea, kind of booking our own super cards. So everyone can kind of contribute some matches to that, um, you know, to, to, to play out uh, kind of a cool super card there. Uh, I'll probably also be playing out uh, some of the final matches of my uh, Legends tournament as part of that uh, as well. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, there's some other TNT things going on that day as well. Uh, so if you want to you know, attend some of those, some of the convention, that, that's up to you. Uh, we will have uh, towards the end of the afternoon some open gameplay and uh, tournaments. So I think you know some of the other you know different tournaments that people might want to run with like a bootleg tournament or um, you know some something else that's kind of a little, a little different there. Uh, you know we can uh, you know we'll kind of open up to anybody who wants to run stuff. Then I know some people are traveling in still on Friday, might not be able to come to everything on Friday, uh, but there will be two Galacticon Cup um, qualifying tournaments that day: the uh, IPW tournament and the uh, Champions of the Galaxy one. Then, uh, let's see, that night is going to be the Impact Pro Wrestling Show that's there at the convention center. So everything's going to be right there um, for that. We'll be back Saturday morning starting at 9 a.m. And that's going to be for people both uh, in person and online. We'll have the online Zoom room open on Saturday starting at 9 a.m. This is Central Time. I think at the beginning, it's just going to be open with the discussion rooms. The people on uh, online will be running the Canada Cup tournament in person uh, first thing on Saturday morning. Um, and then uh, we'll have a couple other tournaments that will be uh, for both uh, in person and online, which will be our 2139 tournament as well as our Legends of Wrestling tournament. So both of those will happen on Saturday from 1030 until 1230. And then starting at 1230, we'll have um, our uh, our panel portion that will st- kick off with the charity auction uh, to benefit the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, already a bunch of items there, and I got a, a lot of people uh, donating some more stuff now, too. So There's some incredible be, stuff coming. There's like, some really neat I mean, stuff coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, my mind's a little bit blown by some of the stuff that's – I mean, for yeah, for, for, for both the charity auction and the silent auction – yeah. For the Hall of Fame. I mean, both auctions are going to have some items that are just going to blow your mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's something, I think one other thing that Tim sent to me, which I'm like, you know what? We got a lot right now. Let's hold on to that one. That one is so cool. Like, I don't want it to go for less than it, than it should. So he's going to he'll hold on to the, that. But, yeah, I mean, more things down, down the line, too. But, yeah, there should be lots of great original artwork. Uh, we'll, of course, have some, you know, uh, uh, cards as well, some limited edition cards, um, things like that. Uh, I just got a book from uh, Jim Steinhoff that he uh, is, has donated there. That, that definitely looks pretty cool. Um, and I think, yeah, a couple other people were telling me, some other things that they're bringing to so it should be a really great uh auction there that that day uh well as soon as that auction right now i have a budget for 30 minutes my guess is it might go a little over that but uh, we'll be having uh, our panel following that immediately our q a announcements with uh tom filsinger who will be joining us uh, live via satellite 
And uh, but the, the rest of the Phil Singer game staff uh, should be there in person. I know uh, myself and uh, Zeke representing the Indies games, uh, the whole Legends crew, everyone uh, will be there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and, and yeah, Mike as well. Uh, let's talk about everything that uh, that he's involved with. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I think that'll kind of last us up until about three. Uh, we will kind of, we'll still have the room open at that point uh, from three to five. Uh, for people who still want to do some other open gameplay and tournaments. Uh, but I know there's some other things with the Hall of Fame going on. I know there's like a lifetime members reception and and the banquet at, at five. So I know a couple of people will probably be uh, maybe leaving there a little early to go uh, get changed and whatnot uh, for the banquet. So, uh, you know, we, but at the same time, not everybody's doing that. So uh, we will have the, the room open uh, for some more open gameplay at that point or, you know, some some tournaments still kind of ran over. We can do you know make up some of those at the end there as well. Uh, as I mentioned, the banquet is that Saturday night for those who are going to be in person, um, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Lots of great guests coming in for that. Uh, the uh, and then on Sunday we just have a, a short thing for about two hours on Sunday morning. Uh, make sure you know we. Uh, you know, get everybody out and back home in, in time. Uh, but we will have a um, TNT Hall of Fame tournament at the at the Hall of Fame in in the ring in the uh, <laughs> Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame section of the of the of the um, uh, of the of the museum. So we will have a TNT uh, Hall of Fame tournament there. That'll be our last Galacticon Cup qualifying tournament there. Um, and then we will have our draw for the Galacticon Cup itself. Uh, we will have two online participants as well as six, uh, from our in-person con. Uh, I think just to kind of, you know, kind of make it uh, run a little bit smoother there. Our two online people, uh, will probably, we'll, we'll get to have in-person proxy rollers. Uh, we'll, we'll have you in by a phone or, uh, or uh, or Zoom there to make sure you can participate and see what's going on. But just uh, I think we're going to be ha- actually rolling the, the matches in the ring. So if you did qualify, we'll have somebody there to help roll for you uh, and uh, kind of represent you uh, in person at the con. But it uh, should be pretty neat. We'll have the finals of the tournament there right in the uh, pro wrestling room. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, so, so much cool stuff to do. I, I think that the, the nice thing is, um, I know that there was a little bit of concern or trepidation about this, but how cool is it that there's going to be able to be so much to choose from to do, you know, that, that, that you're not going to necessarily be tied to the game table. If you've, if you've had your fill for, you know, the afternoon or whatever, and it's like, I've rolled enough dice for the day. You can head over and you can do this other great activity associated with the TNT Hall of Fame, or you can just hang out, you know, go grab a burger or a drink or whatever with with a friend. Um, there's there's going to be stuff. Don't, to don't do. get the umami burger. Don't do it. Yeah. Well. That, yeah, poor Jared. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that, um, I, I think that it's just going to be a really cool opportunity to, to have, uh, different stuff, you know, and, 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 uh, make that choice and decide, like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And, um, I, sometimes when you're just kind of tied down to a hotel, um, you know, conference room, 
there's not necessarily a lot of option to go and do a bunch of other things, uh, depending on how adventurous you are. But in this case, because everything's so close and because everything's so walkable, um, you'll be able to kind of have your pick of, of different things to do, uh, as opposed to just being, you know, completely tied into to one thing. Uh, of course, the flip side of that is if you just want to hang out and, and roll dice and talk Phil Singer games and it's all right there, you know, the, the that there's nothing different, um, about, uh, what's going to be happening Galacticon wise, um, compared to, to previous years at all. It just so happens that you've got some other things that you can choose to do outside of that if you want to, um, which will still be connected to, to, to pro wrestling. Um, so I think Sam, it's going to be... The other thing is, I don't think we've ever kicked off Galacticon on a Thursday. Ooh. No. You know, so, you know, I know some people were worried, like, how are we going to fit everything in to your point about, like, you know, with TNT stuff, and isn't that going to take away? I mean, the truth is, I think there may be more hours of Galacticon because we've got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday now. Yeah, than we've had now, and we've always done stuff like you know whether it's a baseball game or going to you know pro wrestling you know indie shows things like that that have been part of Galacticon weekend. I think if anything, this is just a bigger weekend and more stuff, and, yeah. and there's more Phil Singer games stuff and more other stuff. So it's, I think that that's sort of the best part of all this. And I think if anybody's on the fence going. I don't know. Is there going to be enough there for me? Yeah, I think there is. Oh, um, without you know, a doubt. I, th- I think that there's, there's plenty of Phil Singer game stuff. There'll be the ability if, if you don't want to go see the legends panel discussion over at Tragos Thez, we have open, you know, playtime, you know, like, and we can do, we used to do secondary tournaments at Galacticon back in the day, you know, where we had like just, they, they didn't count to get into the Galacticup, but you could still run a tournament. If you want to run a tournament with your friends, you know, or somebody you've never met before, just do it. It'll be fun. And, or just roll your fit, you know, yeah. I mean, and talk about it with people. It, it'll be a good time, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I mean, even just, you know, last year, just for the Hall of Fame itself, uh, there was so much cool stuff to do, but there was also plenty of time to just hang out. And, and like you say, just to have that fellowship, um, which is, which is so much of the fun anyway. Um, so book it. If you haven't, uh, get your ticket. Uh, if you're not able to be there in person, grab your online ticket and make sure you can get some of the exclusive cards, um, which, uh, will also be awesome and, and much talked about and maybe flipped, uh, early on. So pay attention to eBay to figure out what those things are going to be worth. Um, but no, uh, in all seriousness, it, it, it is, it really genuinely is like Christmas in July for, uh, Phil Singer games promoters. And I think that, uh, Galacticon weekend is always special. And this year, just, I, I feel like it's going to be, uh, in some ways even more special. Um, so make it out to the Midwest if you can, uh, if you're already coming, can't wait to see you there. Uh, if you're not able to make it in person, um, then join online cause there'll still be a, a a strong and hearty online component. And, um, yeah. Should we move on to, uh, to our next bit here? I think we, I think we can. All right, let's 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 roll up and wrap up. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, we did want to do uh, our roll up around the galaxy review. Uh, thanks for that, Todd. And um, we'll just uh, start off. I'll just pivot over to Mike real quick. Mike, do you have any uh, Fed updates or anything that you want to uh, update promoters on in your neck of the woods? Well, I realized I you know I've gotten into my bad habit of rolling matches and not posting them because I've been busy <laughs> and haven't had a chance to post. So I'm I'm a couple cards ahead, but I'll give. I don't believe I uh, I think. Last time we went over card 69 for me, 
You're welcome, Chad Olson. Um, and, uh, <laughs> 69. Um, and I think that I, that's now posted on the discussion board. But I, don't, I, I know I, I don't think I've uh, talked about card 70 yet, and I've got a couple more, but I'll just go over card 70 tonight, um, give everybody a sneak peek, and then I'll try and get that posted and get myself caught up. But uh, it was from the, uh, Paradise Palace over on Paradise Island um, on CWO Saturday Slam. Uh, Epitome opened the show pinning... Beasley cunning after uh, feel the hype. Um, then we had uh, Malice um, come out and pinned Cringe after malicious intent. Uh, Malice had been on a little bit of a losing streak. Cringe had been really hot, having uh, won the uh, Primus Carnage title previously. So this was a big uh, coming back match for uh, Malice. Um, Trice's time happened. Uh, she interviewed Fraternity. Nothing really seemed interesting. Nothing of note came out. You know, the Cosmic Forces, who they were facing in the main event, came out and sort of confronted them, but nothing, no, no fireworks. Um, Drancic, uh, came and, uh, uh, hit, uh, took out Rundar after using the long view three times in a row, uh, to win the match. Um, just finished him, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, Brutal. I mean, uh, Rundar got in some offense, a couple tokens on, on Drancic, but once Drancic, you know, got to level three, he just finished him off. Um, the boys from Mechatoid, my personal favorites, um, uh, took on Incognito, another uh, favorite tag team of mine. And, uh, uh, the boys from Mechatoid, uh, came away with a pin. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it was sort of odd because, um, Magnus Colby sort of was distracting the referee and, and Hero was sort of looking in on the conversation and Christoph pulled out a fireball, um, to Ooh. take out Saboteur. Mm. Um, so, um, Hero didn't seem to notice, um, you know, cause he was, Revolver was sort of yelling at the referee to look and he's yelling at Revolver. And so it's, I'm sure. You know, if he saw it, I mean, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but, uh, Christoph did finish off, uh, Saboteur with a fireball. So, um, uh, then we had, uh, uh, Rumble with, um, what I think a lot of people would consider to be an upset where he, he pinned P12, uh, after wow. a decapitator. Wow. Um, that was, uh, unexpected. You know, P12 had been hot so far in my fed. So that was, uh, we'll have to see where that leads to, but that was, you know, you know, nice, uh, probably, you know, the, the, uh, other than the main event, probably the best match of the night. Um, and then in the semi main event, uh, Murdoch, uh, pinned Ventross, um, after a, a plus five head spear takeover. And it was a total dud. I mean, it was two moves, bang, bang, oh, wow. and match was over. So, um, Ventross fans not very happy <laughs> going home. Um, but the main event was for the CWF tag team titles, um, where Fraternity, uh, did successfully, um, defend the titles when Nebula submitted Adam to the Seat of Sleeper to retain. So that was the, uh, uh, it was a nice little baby face, baby face, clean match. Nobody, uh, it was just good old, good old fashioned wrestling. And, uh, um, the, uh, the, the brothers came out on top. Nice. Very cool stuff. Love hearing what's going on uh, in Sintra, uh, especially from the the mastermind behind Sintra. Um, uh, looking forward to seeing what's next. Do you have anything else big scheduled or coming up? Um, I've got my um, 
I've got, uh, I have one more card that I'll, I'll uh, uh, get to posting too as well. But uh, then I've got um, a couple more uh, Saturday slams and then card 74 will be my parade of champions pay-per-view. So nice. um, Very nice. I'm uh, looking forward to that one. Very cool. Oh, and something I'm doing, actually, one thing in my Fed that I have, I don't know that I mentioned on the boards, is I've been using the hometown advantage rule for certain guys. Oh, nice. Uh, mm. So, like, you know, like when, uh, you know, um, you know, like, for example, Paradise Island, the, the uh, um, Future Shock team does have the, the hometown advantage there. And, you know, in Centro- uh, in, Cent- in Centropolis, in Tarkania, like, different guys have their uh, – their hometown advantage. So I've been trying to use that. It's kind of a cool little thing that I think it's, uh, you know, from the ringside companion. Um, I think it's a, a neat little rule that kind of adds some more texture to the fed. I like it. Yeah, That's I great. completely agree. I, I dig that rule. dig that rule big time. Um, all right. Uh, well, I, I don't have a whole lot to report. Uh, I can tell you that Roddy Piper is my Golden Gate Wrestling champion. Uh, Pat Patterson is going to get a shot at Johnny Valentine's uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Um, but other than that, not, not, not a whole lot. Uh, just, you know, had some fun rolling some matches out. Um, you know, some good stuff happening, gearing up for the rubber match between Vampiro and Antonio Inoki. Um, you know, I haven't had a whole lot of time to play lately, so things have been kind of on pause. So not too terribly much different from, from when I last checked in. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to having a little bit more uh, free time um, over the next uh, couple of weeks before Galacticon. So hopefully I'll be able to get a chance to roll some more stuff out um, and and hopefully finally getting around to editing those uh, videos and, and posting those up over on my YouTube channel uh, so people can kind of take a look at, uh, at just, you know, what my process is and, and get in on the action uh, as well as, as keep that going. So uh, we, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, Todd. What about you? What's happening over in the uh, World Cup land here? All right. Well, I've been playing through a lot of brackets. It's been a number of weeks since, uh, you know, we, we last touched base. So I have actually eight brackets. Mm. I will go through as quickly as possible here because, you know, I don't have too much longer before we get to Galacticon. So right. I want to finish everything off. So I'll go through really quick here. Uh, the one bracket here, uh, I don't know what, what I want to call it. Maybe like, uh, uh, probably in early TV era. We got Luthez, <laughs> Hiller Kowalski, Bobo Brazil, and Don Leo Jonathan. Uh, this one here, it was all, uh, Luthez and Don Leo Jonathan through their first two matches, taking out Bobo and Killer each. Uh, in the end, Luthez was able to get the Thez press on Don, Don Leo Jonathan to win the bracket. Don Leo does advance as well as a second place guy for Bobo Brazil 103 in the bracket. So, uh, you know, you don't want to see that with Bobo, but oh well. No, someone's going to take the loss. Poor, poor Bobo. Poor Bobo. All right, our next one is the uh, Beauties and the Beast bracket, and uh, that is uh, Adrian Adonis, Adrian Street, Gorgeous George, and George Steele. Love it. Uh, started off, uh, actually, everybody went uh, one and one through the first two matches, and so it kind of came down to the last two matches to determine who was going to move on. And it was the Adrians. Uh, Adrian Adonis beat out George Steele. Adrian Street beat Gorgeous George. And uh, Adrian Street winds up winning the bracket with Adrian Adonis as the second place uh, finisher there. And, you know, it's 
two Adrians, two Georges. It just, it's lovely, really, when you think about it. How about that? How it worked out. I didn't even realize that when I pulled <laughs> it together. I'm like, all right, that's what it is. <laughs> we got our MSG bracket, and uh, that is Antonio Rocca, Randy Savage, Buddy Rogers, and Jimmy Snuka. And uh, this one was an interesting one. It started off uh, with Antonio Rocca beating uh, Randy Savage with the Argentine backbreaker. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it might be uh, – you might not uh, see much more Randy here. Uh, Buddy Rogers got the win over Jimmy Snuka as expected. And uh, then, um, you know, Rocket continued on, you know, to 2-0, and Jimmy Snuka 0-2. And, and then it went to Buddy Rogers and Randy Savage in uh, kind of a one-sided match. I thought Buddy Rogers was going to take the whole bracket. He winds up losing to Randy Savage. Savage then picks up a win against Snuka. He's 2-1. and Rocket 2-0. Uh, taking on Buddy Rogers. You know, will Rogers go get the win? Um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and take out Savage. Uh, but no, in the end, Rocca absolutely dismantled Buddy Rogers, knocking him out of the tournament completely. Wow. Rocca goes three and oh, wins the bracket. Randy Savage moves on as the second place guy. Nice. Yeah. Was not expecting that one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just. Yeah, Rogers. I'm like, oh, Rogers will take this one. You right, know, right. It's a tough competition, but no, Rocco was just amazing. Yeah, he won every. Let's see, he yeah, he won all three with the Argentine backbreaker. Yeah, he just took it all out there. We have our Memphis bracket: Jackie Fargo, Sputnik Monroe, Billy Wicks, and Austin Idol. Uh, you know, I did have DQ rolls in this. It was you didn't have to roll DQ. Twice you only had to roll it once, and uh, yeah, that made a difference. There was a lot of yeah, going on in Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jackie Fargo got himself disqualified in all three matches, <laughs> so including wow. uh, the ringside weapon in two of those three. Oh uh, my gosh! So yeah. yeah, so it was just yeah that 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 was all that. Um, it came, you know, came down to you know, the second match here was the big Sputnik Monroe versus Billy Wicks match, uh, and Sputnik did take that one, and Sputnik also uh, beat Austin Idol. Sputnik won the bracket. Austin Idol wound up coming in second, uh, beating out Billy Wicks in the, their opening match. So Sputnik moving on, Idol moving on, Jackie Fargo, zero and three, and lots wow, of wow, how about that? Yeah. All right. We have our vintage bracket. This is a great one. Uh, Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, the great Gamma, and Ed Strangler Lewis. Um, and uh, started off, uh, Gotch beat out Hackenschmidt. Great Gamma beat uh, Ed Strangler Lewis. Uh, despite Ed Lewis controlling most of the match, uh, just came back with one great gamma, gamma throw, and that was it. Ed Lewis took uh, took the loss there. Uh, and then, uh, but Ed Lewis immediately got his, uh, you know, got his win back against Frank Gotch with the Strangler's headlock. He just kept on applying it. I think he applied it five times in a row. Wow. Eventually wow. Gotch topped out. Uh, gamma kept his winning ways going, taking out Hackenschmidt. Ed Lewis won yet again with the Stranglers headlock. And then in the end, Great Gamma with yet another Gamma throw won the bracket at 3 0. Ed Strangler Lewis 
Wow. Second place, two and one. Gotch and Hackenschmidt, you're out of here, guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought Gotch might win it there, but, you know, G- Gamma was just not to be, you know, sure. spoiled. Mike, any thoughts on that? I nod for all your friends, I think. I guess so. Lots of nod going around for everybody. Uh, all right. <laughs> All right. We have, have to talk to Stu about a supplier. I think so. I think so. <laughs> All right. Next one was a bracket I was really looking forward to since I originally came up with it. And this is our big boy bracket. Big John right. Stud, King Kong Bundy, Big Van Vader, and Andre the Giant. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you had a reinforced ring. Oh, we were reinforced the ring devil for this one, for sure. So it started out, uh, King Kong Bundy got the pin over his uh, tag partner, Big John Stud. Kind of a one-sided affair with the uh, Atlantic City Avalanche there. Uh, Andre uh, wound up beating uh, Big Van Vader with the big splash. So, man, nothing too crazy there. Get into our second uh, second matchups there. Big Van Vader does get his win back, beat out King Kong Bundy with the running avalanche. Then we had Andre the Giant and Big John Stud, and uh, this was a one sided match. No, and not no. the way you know. Big no. John Stud took it to Andre the Giant and won. With the backbreaker. Wow. Andre Giant took a loss on this. I was shocked. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable, indeed. Uh, Big Van Vader, though, did take out Big John Stud. Big Van Vader finished at 2-1, and one, despite that, you know, losing it out to Andre off the bat. Then came out to the final match. Was it going to be Andre the Giant or Big uh, King Kong Bundy uh, moving on? And this, let me tell you, was an amazing match. Uh, it was back and forth. Uh, Andre kicked out of uh, out of the avalanche. Uh, Andre went for the giants, the big splash, uh, and missed. Wow! Which I was like, oh, okay, this just went up another level there. And it looked like Bundy was uh, going to get the win. And you know, just like the mind, the uh, in your house mind games, it was an amazing match uh, with a disqualification victory. At the end. Uh, King Kong Bundy got disqualified. Andre the Giant won and squeaked into the next round. Big Van Vader wins the bracket despite losing to Andre the Giant in in the first match of the bracket. Still wins the bracket. Andre moves on as the second place. What a fascinating bracket. What a cool, like, that's actually a really cool outcome, all, all told. But he's got to be the scariest number two seed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, going yeah. in, you know, like, are you pairing him up like one versus two? And then there'll next? be one, yeah, one versus two. I haven't Ooh, come up with the exact, I hate the, the exact I, brackets, you know, how it's going to go. But yeah, yeah, yeah. C- congratulations. You won your bracket. I'm sorry. You're facing Andre. Andre right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is the group of death. Let me tell you yeah. <laughs> in this World Cup, but uh, yeah, no, that was a shot. I, I, I honestly, I thought, I thought Andre was out. Like honestly, like Bundy hit him with the Avalanche. I think he needed like he got like how much? Because he had the uh, Andre had three tokens on him. Oh wow! Um, we need like a nine to get out. So I think it was he had because he has like a one. I think it was, does he have a zero or one pin? Um, 
Is he a, it's zero. zero, isn't it? He's got the yeah. zero, yeah. And then yeah, Bundy had the three. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he needed like at least he needed the six to kick out of that, and he did, you know. But it was wow. it was a little it was a little hairy there for a second. So, but uh, he does move on. Uh, the two guys who I thought were going to move on did, but not how I thought. Uh, and the last two brackets here are TNT brackets. I had the international bracket, which is Jim Londos, Baron Von Raschke, Antonio Inoki, and Roddy Piper. Uh, and um, a little bit surprising here, uh, Baron Von Raschke beat Jim Londos and Roddy Piper no in his first two way. matches. Yes. Wow. Enoki beat the same two guys, and really it just became about uh, them. Enoki did win with the Enzigiri at the end to win the bracket. Baron Von Raschke got second place, knocking out Piper and the winless Jim Londos. Wow. Didn't expect to see that one. <laughs> yeah, and actually, the pointing up the first match is Londos versus Raschke. Raschke had seven tokens. Wow. Wow. Kept on, I think he got some add ones in there or something. And, and yeah, he just, and, and some other things and just kept on kicking out. Eventually got the brain claw in one. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was unexpected. And, uh, that leaves us with the USA bracket, Mark Henry, Kurt Angle, Bob Backlund, and Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Kurt That's Angle. Was that? That's a killer bracket. That's yeah, a, killer, that bracket. a killer, bracket. killer bracket. It's a tough one. Uh, Kurt Angle beat Mark Henry with a German suplex. Um, Sergeant Slaughter wins with the Cobra Clutch on Bob Backlund. Backlund had, had some control through it, but Slaughter had, had more of the match, though. Bob Backlund gets his win back, taking out Kurt Angle with an atomic drop. Nice. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Mark Henry had kind of a brutal affair there. Uh, was a disqualification win for, for the Sarge. Uh, Mark Henry then fought Bob Backlund. So Bob Backlund really needed the win here. Uh, but in the end, he got a little too aggressive. No got way. himself disqualified no. and eliminated <laughs> from the tournament. Uh, came down to Kurt Angle and Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, Slaughter was, was already in the next round. Angle needed the win, I believe, there to, to, to secure it. And Angle did beat Sergeant Slaughter with a powerbomb. He didn't get either of his finishers to win any, either of his matches. It was kind of weird, you know, how it all worked out. But, uh, Kurt Angle wound up winning the bracket at two and one. Sergeant Slaughter came in second place at two and one as well to move on. See you later, Bob Backlund. Man, that's that is, that is a surprise. Yeah, I definitely. I, I it definitely looked like of the cards. Sarge was probably the third, right? Uh, of them, like he was, should have been below Backlund, but uh, yeah, that first match right off the bat there, Backlund and and Slaughter really kind of sealed the bracket at that point. Spelled the doom of Bobby B. Nobody calls him that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so altogether, got 32 guys moving on. Uh, I'll run through next week. We're going to try to get the whole first round done next week. Uh, and then the round of 16, uh, you know, we'll try to do that again beforehand. And I think, like, I'll have the final eight at Galacticon. I'll play it out then. Nice. Oh, that's exciting. That's super cool. I'm really looking forward to that. I, uh, um, I, yeah, I, I think it's a really cool endeavor. I think people are going to have fun seeing how it all shakes out. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be running that on the Friday there. Uh, nice. Plan. So, 
So, uh, so yeah, uh, there's our roll up around the galaxy review, which brings us pretty much to the end of the show. Before we get out of here, a couple quick things. Uh, I want to talk about our upcoming shows. Of course, we've got, uh, the show for next week, uh, set with the IP- IPW roster announcement. And then, of course, we'll be doing, uh, our Galacticon preview the following week. And, uh, the week, be a week, week off in between there. Well, right. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and then, um, and then the week following Galacticon will, of course, uh, have some audio from Galacticon weekend. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And that should put us at episode 100 for our Galacticon, uh, sort of review episode, um, which will be, which will be fun. So, uh, if you're in person at Galacticon, you might get to be featured on episode 100 of Roll Up. Um, that's wild. I mean, that, that, that puts me like somewhere around like 350 plus podcast episodes total, I think, with between the Quantum Leap podcast, this podcast, and then King of Pro Wrestling podcast. Wrestling. So it's it's a lot. But you know uh how many we did on King of Pro Wrestling. There's a homework assignment for you. You don't have to Yeah, I know, right? I think it's it's probably it's probably around eight maybe. Yeah, it's, I think somewhere between six and ten. I couldn't remember yeah. probably, probably around eight there. Sounds about right. Mm. Um that. I like it. I like it better. We're, this is a work shoot, so we're going to do 10. <laughs> there you go. Um, we did 93,000 uh, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. highest rated podcast on the, on the internet for for 10 years. I'm still living off of that money. Uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, some, some fun stuff ahead, obviously, as we cruise into Galacticon on the road to Galacticon. Um, and, uh, really looking forward to seeing everybody who comes out, uh, to Waterloo. Um, but before we say goodbye, uh, Todd, I know that you said that you, you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, we, we didn't get uh, together after, uh, Father's Day last week. I just wanted to, uh, you know, just mentioned a couple of things that I got on Father's Day that I thought were cool. And I didn't know if you guys got anything uh, that you wanted to share at all. Um, I, uh, I did send a picture to you at one point, Sam, that I had a little bit of, sh- a little taste of Chicago as part of mm-hmm. my Father's Day. Yep. yep. Getting some Luminati's pizza airmailed uh, to me, which is always a treat I like around Father's Day. And I have another one or two of those left over for down the line. Nice. Um, but my family definitely wanted it to be a Star Wars theme. So I don't know if you could see on the screen oh, here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the National Park shirts, uh, but uh, for Tatooine, uh, based on the old uh, U.S. National Park uh, logos there. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's very cool. And uh, one of the other fun things I got uh, for me was a um, vintage uh, Return of the Jedi uh, glass from Burger King from 1983. It's the nice. old... Uh, um, Job of the Hut, uh, one with all the characters from Job of the Hut's Palace, which is my my favorite Star Wars character there. So that that was a pretty neat uh, little surprise there. That's super cool. Very very nice. Uh, yeah, you know, for my part, did not really uh, uh get much. But usually for Father's Day and for Mother's Day, we're you know we're not necessarily big on gifts. Uh. Um, except for there, there are two things that we do kind of as tradition, um, is that, uh, we actually get each other a children's book, um, and then have the kids like 
sign or put their handprints in paint uh on on like the front page um so that that tradition still stood um which was was nice plus it's also there's so many um kind of like holidays and personal you know sort of days uh uh one right after the other because you've got like mother's day then my birthday um then there's uh, father's day then there's jessica's birthday then there's uh, hattie's birthday and there's our wedding anniversary so it's like one right after another um you know for mid May through mid July. So we usually keep it kind of chill for Mother's Day and Father's Day. The gift usually is just like, do whatever you want. If that means you stay in bed until like, you know, four o'clock or whatever. Uh, not that we do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a good day. And I also, uh, cause I, I do most of the cooking around here. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, Jess also got me a basil plant. Uh, and a mint plant, uh, which is nice. My summer, summer mocktail of choice, if you will, lately has been a lime topo chico with some muddled mm-hmm. mint in it. Oh, that's, that's where it's at for me. And the basil's great. I, I've already actually cooked with it twice now. So, um, um, so yeah, good, Very good nice. stuff. Good stuff. Mike, what about you? Uh, we actually had just gotten back from vacation the day before Father's Day. So we wound up, uh, thankfully not having to entertain anyone here. Day. That was the <laughs> biggest good. gift I got. Um, no, we went over, we went over to my parents' house and actually my in-laws came down too. So we had a, it was, it was a, uh, real nice day just spending time with family. So very cool. The nephews, nieces, you know, kids, my kids are, it was, it was all good time. So very, Nothing, very like, nice. I, I can't tell like a cool story about it. It's just we kind of, you know, hung out. Sometimes it's good just to chill there. Uh, you know, yeah. Just have, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Derek Toby, uh, who had left us a, um, voice message a couple of weeks ago and just hadn't gotten around to, um, actually being able to, to say thanks for that. Um, some, some nice compliments about the, the show in general and, and just excitement over, um, the, the recent releases, um, and, uh, uh, look forward to, to chatting to him, uh, again in, in the future. Um, also, uh, I was neglected. Uh, something and I felt really bad about it. And so I, I, I was like, well, I'll take the opportunity to just address it on the show. But Jason Ward reached out to me over on Facebook. Um, just, you know, just kind of say, Hey, and, 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 and also, uh, uh, commend us on the show, which is very nice. Uh, people are glad to, to have us back. Um, but also, uh, asked a, a totally legitimate question and, and certainly one that I didn't have any problems with whatsoever, just didn't get a chance to answer. Uh, and he said, that said, I understand you're a huge fan of John Moxley. What is it about him that appeals to you? I, for one, am not a fan, but maybe there's something I'm missing. Um, so I just want to preface this with saying like, you know, wrestling's like ice cream. Like some people, uh, love chocolate. Some people hate chocolate, you know? It, 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 there's, I don't think there's any one flavor out there that everybody on the face of the planet loves. Uh, and, and I think, you know, wrestling is the same way. There's some flavors that more people love than others. And then there's some flavors that only a few people love, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, it, it really is up to, to everyone's own, um, taste depending on what they like. You know, for me, the thing that I, that I, I just love so much about Moxley is that there's, there's something about his presentation that just feels very, um, authentic in the same way that like, uh, you know, a, a Piper was authentic in that kind of unpredictability. I also think that he's somebody that's, you know, worked a great deal on himself, which is incredibly inspiring. Um, you know, uh, I mean, let's face it, just, just sharing in the, you know, the, the, the sobriety, um, uh, you know, is something that, that is appealing to me and to know that, that, he chose himself uh, over alcohol. You know, he chose his family over alcohol. I mean, that's just, 
that's cool. And it resonates with me uh, for, for very obvious reasons. Um, and then, you know, in addition to that, I, I just think that his work as well has, has grown so much from being a guy who was mostly kind of a bit of a garbage wrestler, you know, who could wrestle, but, you know, was, was focused on like lots of deathmatch stuff. And, um, and, and then he grew into the WWE system and, you know, was able to kind of like do the WWE style. Um, and then he took all of those tools and he came to AEW and he made himself, you know, the ace of the fed. Um, and, and I would still argue that that's still the case. Like, I still don't think, I still don't think there's anybody, um, really when it comes right down to it, as far as I'm concerned, that has done as much, um, you know, consistently for, for AEW. Uh, I think that, you know, certainly there's going to be an argument to be made for Jericho. There's going to be an argument to be made for Omega. There's going to be an argument to be made for Punk. There's going to be an argument argument to be made eventually, I think for MJF, but you know, when it comes right down to it, I just think that what, what Moxley contributed to AEW puts him on a different level, even from those guys right now. Um, and, uh, I just like his work. I just, I just like his work. I just like the way he moves. I like the stories he tells. Uh, you know, I like his mic work. I, you know, there's just nothing that I don't like about him. So, um, I don't know if that helps. I don't know if that, if, if that helps to, to illuminate anything really. Cause sometimes it is just a feeling. It's just like, Hey, I like that guy. Uh, and it's not something you can really put words to, but uh, at the very, at the very least, I wanted to attempt it since uh, I didn't respond to Jason's Facebook message that I do apologize. Uh, but, but there you have it. So thank you for, for reaching out, Jason. And, and sorry that I didn't uh, respond sooner. And then last, but certainly not least, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Mr. Barry Walsh uh, and his wife, Melissa, for that matter. Uh, traveled down from Wisconsin to the Chicagoland area to come see the show that, uh, I was recently in gross indecency, the trials of Oscar Wilde. Um, what a pleasant surprise and, and, and what a kind gesture and show of support, um, uh, and friendship. It was very, very nice of you to do that. And I really appreciate you coming down for it um you know it's it's a it's a very different kind of show but uh it's one that i was very proud of and i was proud of the the ensemble so i was glad that uh that somebody got to see the work and uh and and see you know see what i do outside of all this so thanks a lot barry i really really appreciate that uh, with all that said, uh, thanks to all the promoters out there. Thanks to everybody who's keeping the dice rolling. Thanks to everybody, uh, who, who's uh, following the show, listening to the show. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you, of course, obviously to the fellow content providers, such as the folks over at Uncharted Territory, Grandpa Choco with Solo Promoter, um, and, uh, uh, Brock and, and, and Mike keeping up their stuff and, and just, uh, yeah, you, you know, if, if, uh, you got something to say, if you got something that you want to, uh, say to us, feel free to drop it over, uh, on, the message boards or reach us uh, on Facebook or Twitter, or of course uh, you can use our little speak pipe uh, widget over on uh, the com website uh, under the podcast heading. Um, but yeah, I uh, just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us once again, Mike, any last words before we get out of here? I can take myself off mute. Um, I would say it's good to be back. Look forward to, you know, we're sort of in the stretch run here before uh, G-Con and uh, looking forward to seeing everybody this summer. And, uh, you know, we wish a good night to our friends on the vault. <laughs> Absolutely. Todd, any uh, any last words? Um, Pre-order this Friday. Uh, get ready for it. Um, yeah. And, uh, make sure to get your Galacticon tickets. Uh, it should be a, uh, a fun time virtual or in person. 
and uh, lots of goodies this time. So definitely get on it. Woohoo! Excellent. Road to Galacticon. Uh, it's coming to Waterloo, Iowa. It's going to be uh, an awesome time, uh, and you're not going to want to miss it. So uh, join if you can, and uh, some incredible releases coming your way, some incredible names yet to be announced for Tragos and Thez set, some incredible stuff that Tom has cooked up for uh, Origins, and, and of course, um, the IPW set is going to be a blast uh, for promoters as well. Um, and in addition to all of that, I just want to say thank you once again for listening take care of yourselves take care of one another stay safe out there and remember promoters always always roll responsibly